0: I wanted to share these two stories I have from my childhood that have always stuck with me and still creep me out to this day. Story one. This story is short but makes me feel uneasy nonetheless. I was in kindergarten as Mrs. Quigley's class. I loved her when she got a call from the office that someone was there to pick me up. I think this was before the time of like emergency contact forms with designated people to sign you out. Because this happened so long ago, I can't remember if there was a name given or not. But I do remember being five years old and not feeling right. I told Mrs. Quigley I didn't know that person and didn't want to go with them. She didn't make me, and I rode the bus home as usual that day. I can't help but think that situation was something bad because I don't remember it ever being a problem that I didn't get picked up that day like it wasn't planned and it wasn't inconvenient that I didn't go with them. Story two. My cousin and I were playing outside in a wooded area near her house, and this wooded area was also next to a road. I just remember we were playing in there, then this pickup truck stopped on the road next to us. I don't remember what he said, I just remember taking off and my cousin tripping over a branch and falling. I was too scared to help her. Back when I was younger, around 12, 13, my three friends, and I also the same age, had a fort right at the tree line by some woods near our neighborhood. Right next to the tree line was a series of fields used for sports, so technically our fort was on that property and not the woods. Separating the woods from the fields was a large chain-link fence. One day after a large storm, one of the trees from our fort was knocked over, leaning against the fence... Naturally, as kids, we thought that was awesome, except for ruining part of the fort. We all climbed up on the tree, sat on it, and whatnot. After some time, we were just sitting there having a conversation when I noticed one of my friends who was not on the tree was looking kind of past us, on the other side of the fence. Uh, guys, he said in a shaky tone. We all turn around, and on the other side of the fence, about twenty feet away, was an old man. He was dressed in tattered clothes including a newsboy hat. He looked to be in his mid-fifties to sixty. He stood there smiling at us. I definitely sensed some malicious intent with him, which is creepy in itself, but the part that gets me the most was how long he must have been there watching us, easily 15-20 minutes before my friend noticed. In what seemed like forever, none of us spoke and all we could do was stare back at him. My adrenaline kicked in and my reaction was to just run away, where my friends also followed. After a few minutes or so, we gained the courage to go back, and when we did, he was gone. It kind of scared us, and we really never went back to that fort. Now the fence is replaced, and the fort is gone, but my friends, and I will never forget that creepy man... I believe that a lot of people get signs before something really bad is going to happen. Two nights ago I woke up screaming from a very lucid horrible dream, where in the woods outside my house I heard someone in pain calling for help. I go to them and find a naked humanoid deer creature that turned on me. I believe that thing was a skinwalker. Then last night around 3am I heard and felt what sounded like something very large hitting the side of my house. Very clearly I could tell it was happening in the area outside of my kitchen, and either next to or below my kitchen window. I was in my living room sitting on the couch, where there is even a wall between the living room and kitchen. But this sound was so loud it could be heard throughout the whole house, and while I was already awake, the sound scared my cats, also woke up my sleeping daughter and partner. I could feel the wall behind me and the floor vibrate, along with the dishes in kitchen cupboards rattling around from the impact. This happened at least twice, I'm certain, maybe once more, but after the second time I was so scared I ran to check on my family. There was about a 10-second pause between the sounds. After the dream I had I haven't been able to sleep in fear, plus the loud noises are keeping me up too. Made sure to lock everything just in case. I'm wondering if the events are connected at all. If anyone can give me tips or help ease my mind, I'd appreciate it. The other day I was driving home, and as I came around a curve, there was an animal that I thought was a goat at first. It ran away from me and got far enough away that I couldn't see it in my headlights, and it ran across the road and hid behind a bush. It was smart enough to pivot around the bush as I drove by it. It was extremely pale and looked like a camel shape. It moved like a Chinese dragon and looked like it was made out of a bedsheet. If y'all have any questions, please ask. I'm seriously trying to figure out what I saw natural or supernatural. Don't know if this helps, but I'm from North Carolina, and this all happened next to a cow pasture. Wasn't a cow because they only have brown cows, no white ones. And I grew up around cows. They don't move look like that. It was probably about 4 to 5 feet tall and about 6 or feet long. It was a pretty big animal. I am a female, 22. I am petite, really pale, and always messy hair. I was wearing loosened clothes, all white, maybe you will guess where I am heading to I was outside smoking, while sitting on a chair in my front yard. I forgot to mention an essential detail, I live in the countryside, my street leads to fields and forests, the night here hits differently, if you know what I mean. The sky offers some great masterpieces freely to our starry eyes. So yes, I was just hyper-focusing on the sky. I just stood up and decided to take a picture, I wanted to reproduce it through painting. However, I was really disappointed by my lame camera. So I decided to head out inside to grab one of my parents' phones since their quality were better. While I was trying to take some pics, I felt a gaze on me. It was my new neighbor. She was staring at me. I was in my front garden, just in front of her house. I was waiting since in my front yard there is an automatic light. It flashes at any movement and lasts for like twenty seconds. Important element. So I was only visible for a few moments. It was pitch dark again. There are no street lights where I live, so I was relieved to feel invisible as I was finally taking mesmerized pictures. Out of the blue, the flash of the phone I was holding started to light up. The moon was right on the left side of her house. Yeah, it looked like I was taking photos of her house. I heard her screaming. I put my hand on the flashlight, turned it off. I was petrified. I didn't know which option was the best. A. Fleeing right away in my house, so reactivated the flash, looking suspicious B. Confronted her also talking to her for the first time and explaining the whole situation because I scared her quite often. I will explain after the other option. C. Just disappearing in the dark and waiting. Okay, so I am a night owl and I love art. It is not unusual to see me outside standing right in front of my house or in the middle of the driveway past midnight, taking pictures, smoking, or just contemplating. So I spooked her multiple times, I know because she said that I was the weird neighbor to someone. One day, I was playing in the front yard, playing with my cat with a red light laser, obviously late at night. I accidentally lighted my laser towards one of her windows, so a flashy red light point was visible. I heard her screaming, lighted up the room. I turned it off, and I glanced at her. She was looking at me and shut the curtains. Back to the story, I decided to not move and wait. Then I was like, I should still continue taking pics. I heard loud voices, the front door opened. I heard them walking slowly towards their car and whispering. What was I supposed to do? I just took a last pick and headed to my house. As the flash went on, I was petting my cat. I heard her saying, again, this weird chick. As soon as I closed the door, I laughed out loud. Nervous reaction. Surely, I should find a way to talk to her, reassuring her that I am inoffensive or just remaining the weird neighbor. The Adirondack woods had always held a certain mystique for me. Towering trees, hidden trails, and an air of quiet isolation made it the perfect destination for my hiking adventures. One brisk autumn morning, armed with my backpack, hiking boots, and a sense of curiosity, I ventured deep into the heart of the Adirondacks, ready to explore a trail less traveled. The path I had chosen was overgrown, its markers faded and barely visible but that only fueled my excitement. The idea of being alone in the wilderness, far away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life, was exactly what I needed. The tranquility of the woods wrapped around me like a comforting blanket as I hiked deeper and deeper into the forest. Hours passed as I walked in solitude, the only sounds being the rustle of leaves beneath my feet and the occasional distant call of a bird. The sun filtered through the thick canopy above, casting dappled shadows on the forest floor. I was in my element, disconnected from the world and at peace. It was as I rounded a bend in the trail that I saw it a strange, elongated shape partially hidden behind a cluster of rocks and underbrush. My curiosity got the better of me, and I cautiously approached the mysterious object. As I got closer... My heart raced with a mix of fear and intrigue. What I discovered sent a shiver down my spine. It was a creature unlike anything I had ever seen before. Its body was a tangled mess of sinew and dark fur, its limbs unnaturally long and twisted. Its eyes were a piercing, unnatural shade of blue, and they bore into me with a sense of malevolence that chilled me to the bone. It was hunched over, gnarled claws digging into the ground— and I could feel the air grow heavy with its presence. In that moment, a feeling of dread washed over me. The cryptid, whatever it was, radiated danger. Instinct screamed at me to retreat, to turn and run as fast as I could. But fear kept me rooted to the spot, unable to tear my gaze away from those eerie blue eyes. As if sensing my fear, the creature let out a low, guttural growl that reverberated through the air... Every fiber of my being screamed at me to flee, and finally I listened. I turned and sprinted back down the trail, heart pounding in my chest, adrenaline surging through my veins. Behind me, I could hear the creature's growls growing louder, the sound of its pursuit echoing in my ears. Panic fueled my speed as I dodged branches and leapt over fallen logs. It was like a nightmare come to life, and I pushed my body to its limits, desperate to escape the clutches of whatever pursued me. Time seemed to blur as I ran, my breath coming in ragged gasps. I dared not glance back, my mind consumed by the single thought of survival. And then, suddenly, I burst through the trees and stumbled onto a more familiar part of the trail. I could see the parking area in the distance, and a renewed surge of energy pushed me forward. With every ounce of strength left in me, I sprinted towards my car, my heart pounding like a drum in my chest. I flung open the door, jumped inside, and slammed it shut just as the creature's snarls reached a crescendo. My hands shook as I fumbled for the keys and started the engine. As I pulled away from the trailhead, I stole a glance in the rearview mirror. The creature stood at the edge of the woods, its blue eyes burning with a mix of frustration and hunger. It watched me for a moment before disappearing back into the shadows of the forest. I drove away, my mind racing with the surreal events that had just unfolded. The adrenaline began to subside, leaving me with a mixture of relief and disbelief. I had encountered something beyond explanation, something that defied the boundaries of the known world. And as I left the Adirondacks behind, I couldn't shake the feeling that I had narrowly escaped a fate that I might never fully comprehend. Alright, so this takes place a little over a year ago in the north woods of Wisconsin in winter. My parents had been out of town for probably about a week and I was dog-sitting. I was in a big old house alone, which I didn't mind too much. I couldn't drive, but I'd take long, cold, winter walks through the woods a few miles to get to the grocery store. I say this to point out that I knew the place pretty well, and definitely wasn't scared of the area. On one of the last days they'd be gone, I heard a strong, distinct whistle. It was at the same tempo of the sound a foghorn would make, but very high-pitched. It was pretty loud and sounded incredibly close. I looked out the window and saw nothing and no one. I also heard about nothing, no footsteps, birds, deer, or anything else. The silence was so eerie that I could feel my heart pounding. I immediately ran to shut and lock all of the doors and windows. I stayed up about half of the night with the most unsettling feeling I just couldn't shake, like when you know that something's watching you. I also want to mention that my closest neighbors were completely out of town and I saw no footsteps the next morning except my own. I grew up in Hillsboro, just down the road, and there was something that haunted me during those years a tall, featureless figure darker than the darkest night. It appeared in my room on multiple occasions, always in a different position. Sometimes it would be crouched down in the corner, facing the wall, While other times it would lurk inside my closet, staring into its depths, these encounters left me feeling unsettled and frightened. One particular night, shortly before I was about to leave for college, the figure took on a more terrifying form. As I awoke from my sleep, I saw it bent over at a perfect 90 degree angle, its face positioned directly above mine. It started repeating the same phrase over and over again in a haunting voice. I am here, I am here. The words echoed through the room, sending shivers down my spine. That night marked the last time I ever saw the figure. As I left for college, I hoped to leave behind the unsettling experiences of my childhood. However, the memory of that encounter remains deeply ingrained in my mind. It's both fascinating and unsettling to hear someone from the same area recounting a similar experience. To this day, I find myself reflecting on those encounters and wondering about the true nature of that mysterious figure. What was it? What did it want? The questions remain unanswered, and the memory of those eerie encounters continues to leave an indelible mark on my consciousness. It's a reminder that there are inexplicable forces in this world that we may never fully understand. I was born and raised and currently live in the very rural north woods of Wisconsin, near the UP border of Michigan on land that was originally, and still somewhat sparsely populated by the Ojibwe people. I had a similar experience this past February 2023 that I can't shake. I was solo snowshoeing an isolated trail system in the Chequemgan Nicolet National Forest in the Lake Superior Snow Belt, not far from my home, It's a beautifully remote place that I've explored many times alone, often never crossing paths with another person. This time it was sunny late afternoon. I was again alone on a particularly scenic trail, paralleling a small, fast-flowing river which was open and only iced over on the banks, enjoying the serene scene accompanied by the sweet songs of chickadees and industrious sounds of nuthatches amplified by the cold calm. As I got further on the trail, I noticed it suddenly got very quiet, which wasn't alarming at first, as the winter woods can get very silent, especially considering our high snowfall amounts that blanket the land. Then, out of nowhere, I heard a rhythmic, deep, and reedy sound of a low, but loud whistle through the brittle woods. I was captivated as I had never heard that sound before. It had a powerful pulse to it that I can't really describe. I am an avid birder admittedly, not an expert, but I was baffled. The noise was somewhat close when I first noticed it, but instead of being curious, I became concerned as I heard the sound getting closer to me. The sound inexplicably filled me with dread. It seemed to be traveling quickly, maybe as fast as a bounding deer, and seemed physically low the utterance coming from somewhere just above the ground and well below the treetops. While I was out there... I rationalized that the strange vocalization must be from a raven. Ravens are year-round residents up north, so I am very familiar with them. They are highly intelligent birds with complex, individualized calls that include deep sounds like croaks. However, I have never ever in my four decades of living up here have ever heard a raven utter a sound like that noise. That day I was deep in the woods and was the first person breaking trail after a big snow, so I couldn't move fast. I decided that my best course of action was to just keep going until I got to a switchback that would shorten my journey. As I paralleled the river from a ridge above dense with new pine growth, I heard the sound from what seemed to be between me and the river, maybe 50 yards maximum. I stopped and listened as it moved on and beyond, still paralleling the river. I couldn't see much ahead of me, and I did not hear any footfall of it breaking the snow. Honestly, as irrational as I felt, I was grateful to be hidden. I hauled it to the trailhead and got out of there as fast as I could. As soon as I got home, I started researching and seeking out any information on what bird or animal could have created that vocalization. Nothing I found matched that sound. To this day, I just tell myself it must have been a raven, but I know in my own small understanding of the world that it was something else. My grandma used to tell me one of her little brothers was always kidnapped by dwarfs. She said she never saw them, but her brother often spoke of them and how naked little kids were always calling and waving at him, asking to join them. Eventually, some other adult got involved and told my grandmother's grandma to make the boy poop in the middle of the front yard, which is where he allegedly always saw them. Apparently, dwarfs love cleanliness and are easily disgusted, and it worked because he never saw them again. I'm from Panama, by the way, and my grandmother used to live in Darien, where her family has a big finca. This would have happened in the late 30s. Anyway, when I was in elementary school, my school was in the middle of this. I don't know how to say it, but it was a decent neighborhood, except behind it there was a stream and a fair amount of flora and fauna. A small woods, if you will. I swear I saw them playing near the stream, naked. I never saw them call to me at all, but I do remember distinctly seeing them several times in a space of a week. My parents told me I was just seeing things, But I think my friends saw them too, because I remember we would all avoid going to the area where you could see through the gate to where the stream was. It was my best friend's birthday. We pitched tents in the backyard. Six of us went for a walk on the dirt road in the canopy. On the other side of the canopy is the Willamette River. Four of the friends kept walking further up the road. My friend and I sat down to talk in the shade. That's when rocks started to be thrown in the river. We thought our friends were trying to scare us. When we met up with them, they were mad at us because they thought we were trying to scare them by throwing rock in the water. After figuring out it was not any one of us, we were all kind of scared. As kids, we were told of bums and or drug growers on the banks of the Willamette. We were not thinking of Bigfoot at all, we turned and started to walk back to the yard, and there they were. One large Bigfoot standing in front about seven to eight feet tall, and two smaller ones standing behind about six feet tall. They came up from the riverside, stood in front of us and snorted, maybe ten seconds felt like forever, and then took off on two feet through the brush opposite from the river. I had never seen something move so fast and so quiet once they hit the brush. My friends ran, I stood frozen in fear. I believe due to shock I blacked out the experience for a long time. It is one of the most horrible things to go through. Who do you talk to about this stuff? No one believes the story. I have met up with one of the people that was there. He says that he doesn't remember what he saw. He just remembers everyone being really scared and running back to the yard. It's so frustrating. I wish I would have never seen it so that I wouldn't have to believe. Here is one of the creepiest encounters I've ever, which took place in the spring of 2015. It's important to the story to know that I was basically a huge jerk leading up to what happened. See, I'm a graduate student, and I was at this point about six, eight months into a new relationship with a woman named Sarah. If it matters, I am female, and we were both around 30 at this time. The prior year before I met Sarah, my best bud from school Josh, and I had gone on a great Camping Road trip over spring break. This year, I messed up and basically double-booked myself to go camping with Josh and with my girlfriend, Because I am a scatterbrained idiot, and I got confused about what plans had been discussed, solidified. Both Josh and Sarah were justifiably really pissed off and hurt, but I had made the plan with my girlfriend first, ultimately, so I had to flake on Josh. When it came time to planning, Sarah and I picked a campground in southwestern Pennsylvania with lots of good hiking. It's at least a five-hour drive from where we live. We made reservations and I mentioned the plan to Josh. Well, it turns out, of all the campgrounds in the region, Josh had also decided to head to that one as it connected to a long bike trail he wanted to go on. He had decided to go camping alone, so we knew Josh would be at the campground before we got there, but things were super awkward between me and him, on account of my being an asshole and him being generally a bit depressed around that time. We stayed three nights and Josh was there for the first and second night. We'd rented out a small cabin, basically a prefab shed with bunk beds, because it was cheap and we have a leash reactive, wimpy about rain dog and it's sometimes easier that way. Josh was tent camping in another spot. I think Josh and I were mostly planning on avoiding each other, he was rightfully still angry. Things were awkward and I figured he needed some space from me but it turned out only one bathroom was open on our side of the campground, since it was only early April and most of the campground was still closed down for the season. Josh's campsite was right next to the open bathroom, so we ended up seeing him when we walked to the bathroom at night. I saw heard signs of one or two other groups on the far side of the campground, but they had their own bathroom open over there and we never really saw them. It's a very large and forested campground, and only small sections at either end were open for the season. The second night, Josh was out in his campsite when we came through to the bathroom before bed. It was after midnight at this point. Josh seemed super depressed, and we had a very strange and awkward conversation with him, took care of what we needed to in the bathroom, and headed back to our little shed down the road. The roads in this part of the campground were basically like an inverted F, with the bathroom above the top of the F. In between the two arms of the F was a stand of trees next to the main road, a small lock shower building in Josh's campsite, furthest from the main road, the main road being the vertical line of the F. We were staying off the main road further down on the opposite side, so that night we'd cut past Josh's camp to get to the bathroom, but on the way back, we followed the road, so as not to bother him, as he seemed in a bad mood. It was dark, and I'm easily spooked. We had the dog with us, which was somewhat reassuring, since he looked semi-tough despite being a nutcase and a wimp. But I'm looking around nervously, and as I glance over my shoulder, I think I see a man off to the side of us. My brain processes this very slowly, as I just caught a glimpse of him as I turned my head, and it was very dark. I convinced myself my mind was playing tricks. I didn't look back and silently walked with Sarah and the dog back to our cabin. When we got back to the cabin, I thought Sarah looked a little spooked, which is unusual, since she's a lot braver than me. Eventually she says, That guy was really creepy, right? So shit. He was real. I told her I saw him, but had convinced myself my eyes were playing tricks on me. But no, we both saw someone with no flashlight standing in the trees just off the road, maybe 15 feet from us. I asked if it might have been Josh. Neither of us were really convinced, but wanted to convince ourselves so we could get some sleep. And he had been wandering around being moody 15 minutes before, and it was right by his campsite. I think we didn't want to freak ourselves out any further, so we locked the cabin and didn't talk about it much more. The next morning it was pouring rain, so Josh decided to pack up and leave early instead of spending the day in the area. We shouted goodbye to him as we headed to the bathroom, and he ran around tossing shit in his trunk and trying not to get drenched. That night was a weekend, and there was a big family in the cabin next to ours and everything felt far less spooky. But when we got back to town a day later, I texted Josh, asking him if he'd been lurking creepily in the woods. He said no. Well, I told him what we'd seen, and he said he'd seen a guy the prior night lurking in the woods without a flashlight. Same general description, which I'll get to, same area. The guy had really creeped him out, so much so that the next day he bought the biggest maglite he could find, so he'd have more than just a pocket knife to defend himself. But he'd also mostly convinced himself it was a park ranger. Yeah, with no flashlight, let alone a vehicle. But he more or less willed himself to believe it, so he could get some sleep. So, once we could no longer pretend it was Josh, Sarah and I compared notes. What we both saw and what Josh saw the night before was this. A tall, gaunt white man in his late forties, with clean-shaven sunken cheeks, in the stand of tree scramble just off the road, in the space between the arms of the F. He was wearing a raincoat, rubber boots and a hat, and had no flashlight. He was just standing still and staring coldly in our direction. I remember his raincoat, his sunken face, and how very cold his gaze felt. In contrast, Josh is several inches shorter than whoever we saw, was not wearing a raincoat that night which we knew because we'd just seen him, but we convinced ourselves otherwise bearded, 29 years old at the time. I should add, it wasn't raining. To be clear, where this guy was was not somewhere you'd be strolling through. It was a thick, brambly area. He had made the effort to move out of the road and to stay in the shadows and away from the bright bathroom light both nights. We're sure he wasn't going to the bathroom, though we were on the women's side. You can hear the men's side clearly, and Josh had been outside in view of the bathroom doors both nights. He didn't look like he lived in the woods, which is to say... He appeared clean and groomed, and his clothes weren't worn or dirty. Whatever he may have been doing in the middle of the night in a nearly abandoned campground with no flashlight, he was clearly making an effort not to be seen. We all discussed it, and Josh ultimately called the campground to let them know. They said they'd check it out. Although my camping fees were mysteriously refunded, we never heard anything more. Josh is still a little mad at me for seeing a potential murderer lurking the woods near his tent and not doing anything. Out of curiosity, we just checked to see if anything had happened in the park. A number of people have gone missing in the state park over the years, some slightly mysteriously. Most were found downriver and believed to have fallen into the rapids on accident. I'm sure it's unrelated, but the whole place gives me the creeps and I still can't figure out what that man was doing. Living on New River Mountain in this county, I have been much wrought up by a phenomenon which has been witnessed there at intervals for several months, but only recently assumed startling proportions. In May, reports were circulated of a mysterious rain of tiny stones, which apparently came out of nowhere. At first, these reports attracted little attention, but as time passed, they became general. In May, several stones fell in a clearing near the cabin of Cy Henley, who lives halfway up the north slope of the mountain. These were jagged pieces of sandstone the size of a walnut. I remember Henley cursing the persons supposed to have thrown the stones. One night in June, I was wakened by sounds on the roof like the falling of hail... As I had a little garden patch, I was uneasy as to the effect of the hail. Examination in the morning developed that the hail was composed of tiny stones. I spoke of this to other mountaineers, and it was learned that stones had fallen at other points on the mountain. In July, a clearing almost on top of the mountain was visited by a desultory rain of stones, many of them striking buildings with loud noise and bounding off. A peculiarity of this shower was the presence of several pebbles, which are as rare on that mountain as icicles in August. The superstition of the mountaineers was aroused, and some strange theories were advanced. The reports grew as they went. A newspaper in a neighboring county recently printed a story that showers of stones were constant on the mountains, and that business was suspended on account of the excited condition of the populace. The fact is that the populace consists of not more than a dozen families scattered over the mountains, and there never was any business to suspend. The most peculiar manifestations occurred on the farm of Ellison Fosman, a justice of the peace living on the south slope. Several stones had fallen here at intervals of a day or so, and Ed Meekers, a school teacher of the vicinity, went to Fosman's to investigate. A stone was heard to fall in the yard, And after some search, we found it. It was almost sunk beneath the hard surface of the ground and was smooth, black, and of a perfectly oval shape, and about the size of a robin's egg. Meeker said it was warm when he touched it. Just as he stooped, another stone struck him with a sharp blow in the small of the back. This stone was scarcely larger than a lima beam and about the same shape, although not so regular. A stone about as large as a man's fist and resembling brown hematite iron ore fell on the roof of Addison Butt's house, two miles from Fosman's, and bounding off, fell into a barrel of water standing at the corner of the house. It sizzled like hot iron and sent up a little cloud of steam. This stone is undoubted of meteoric origin, as some of the others may be, but the average falling stone is an irregular, jagged bit of sandstone and small clouds of coarse sand accompany some of the stones. Twigs are broken off trees, shingles split, and corn broken down. Probably a bushel of these stones have fallen, all in all, in the clearings. If, as seems probable, the phenomenon has been general over the mountain, several tons must have fallen. In the valley of New River Mountain, the wildest reports receive credence, and the Rev. John Justin, a local Baptist exhorter, is using them with startling effect at nightly revival meetings at the Little Log Schoolhouse. Okay, so I live in Australia. I wasn't sure where to post this, but someone on another page recommended to post this here. It's currently autumn, and I live on the outskirts of a major city still in the suburbs. This happened yesterday in late afternoon when I went to hang some washing on the line under our carport attached to side of house. We were starting to lose daylight so thought I'd quickly pop out and hang up the last of the washing for the day. It was increasingly getting darker by the minute. I had just begun hanging clothes when I started to get an uneasy feeling. I'm unsure why. I brushed it off as it I was losing daylight quickly. A minute later, I heard a group of kids up the other end of the street screaming, and then silence. Again, I brushed it off as the kids just being kids and playing with each other. The intensity of unease grew, and I felt like I was being watched. I then heard a low growl, which was unlike anything I'd ever heard, and the air got significantly colder, and all the crickets and bugs went silent. I moved the clothes rack to outside the carport so I could use what little light there was to hurry this up as much as possible, which hanging and scanning around between picking up the next piece of clothing, I noticed something new. That this dense garden that wrapped around our U-shaped drive looked poor like it had been trampled in a decent section, maybe thirteen feet of the garden. I intensely felt I was really being watched by something and right before finishing the clothes, the feeling started to ease off a little, and it began to warm back up like it was when I initially came outside. I was raised with big dogs, rottweilers, German shepherds, etc., and grew up in rural countryside. I've heard all kinds of animal sounds from wild dogs, foxes, koalas fighting, possums, and bats. I have never in my life heard a growl like this before, and I don't know how to explain it, but it did not sound natural. It sounded closest to a dog, but something about it was very wrong. Before going outside, my indoor cat desperately wanted outside. Once I came inside, she was acting completely different, skulking around, and all fur puffed up. She then was following me at my ankles around the house, not normal for her. We have a lot of bushland surrounding us and live next to a river behind us. I don't fish in that river anymore, as I've always felt like someone was around. For the past few months, something has been harassing this entire house. It only happens at night, it's only been seen twice, and it's only been towards women, and anyone under 18 my best friend's little brother looks like a grown man, but he's 16, if that's important. When I saw it, it was sunset, but it wasn't really an animal. It was someone really tall somewhere between 6 feet 6'5", six It was standing in the woods, kind of far away, really pale like someone had never been in the sun, blonde hair, black shirt. I couldn't see the pants, and its face wasn't visible. It was looking straight down. The arms were really long, too. I was about to leave, and I thought it was a person, so I said they weren't allowed on our property. It's a rental, if that's important. It just spun around and took off, never lifting its head. It was really fast, like it almost disappeared fast. When my best friend's mom saw it, she described the same thing, but with jeans and said it was closer to 6 feet 6 feet 7. It was in the same area that I saw it. This time it was sunrise. Ever since then, anytime I've had to go outside at night, I go pick my best friend up at midnight five times a week from work. If I say anything, it mimics me. Sometimes its voice matches mine, sometimes it sounds like a woman, sometimes it sounds like a man, sometimes I can't tell. It's all coming from the same area I saw that thing. My best friend's sister keeps having the same thing happen to her, all in the same spot in the woods. We all aside from the three men in the house keep hearing animal noises, but they don't really sound like animals. I saw a shadow outside of my window last week and my best friend's little brother keeps having someone tap his window at night. The windows are on the opposite side of the house from where we keep hearing and seeing everything, and the little brother's window is close to fifteen feet off the ground. The shadow I saw went above my window almost five feet off the ground and three feet tall, and it was almost a combination of a human and a deer, like it was a hunched-over person with something sticking out of its head, and it had a snout. Last night when I was leaving late night Walmart run, I walked outside and something screamed and started crying. I yelled for my best friend and ran back in while it was mimicking me. Nobody else heard it, and it stopped when he went outside. I made sure not to say anything when I went outside last night, but it still happened so it's definitely watching us. I don't think we've done anything to upset anyone and none of us are natives unless you count the several generations back everyone in my area has, but I don't because none of us ever actually lived like Native Americans, but we do live about a 20-minute drive from what used to be a home to Mississippian Indians. I'm sorry if that's not the proper name. It was turned into a museum that is now run by their descendants. I live in Alabama, about a four-hour drive from Mississippi and Tennessee. Is this a skinwalker, or is it something else? I just want to get rid of whatever this is. The dogs won't go out at night, and normally I can sense energies, but I can't anymore. It's really freaking me out. It's daytime, so I'm not concerned right now, and it's never hurt us either. Just whatever information I can be given would be helpful right now. Update. Kinda, not really. I took some advice someone mentioned and tried to keep quiet... And not react in any way the last few days. It went well until today. I was walking my son to the car just now, and he said hi to something in the woods, not once, not twice, but three times. He waved the last time. It did not respond, but I about shit my pants because that means he can see whatever it is.